Support for this episode comes from SAS. SAS is going all in on AI to help the world get more done with data. See for yourself in Las Vegas, April 16th to 19th at SAS Innovate, the data and AI experience for everyone and every role from top executives to data scientists, engineers, analysts, and more. I'll be there leading a panel discussion about the importance of responsible AI. It's just one of the many sessions that will highlight the massive potential of AI. Visit innovate.sas.com and use the code CARA to save $100 on registration. I'll see you there. Support for Pivot comes from Klaviyo. There are plenty of AI tools out there to help your marketing strategy, but you'd be hard-pressed to find one built like Klaviyo. Klaviyo AI guides you with predictive insights so you can more accurately see what your customers want and when they want it. It uses both real-time and historical data and can make it all make sense for you. That way you can say goodbye to tedious tasks and work smarter. You can join brands including Everyman Jack, who've optimized their marketing strategy and driven more revenue with Klaviyo AI. Klaviyo powers smarter digital relationships. Visit klaviyo.com slash vox to learn more. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash vox. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. Happy birthday, Kara. Thank you. That was a lovely series of tweets about me being a tiny person or being being an eight-year-old. I, I also called you a baller. Yes, You know you what did. I was really paranoid was? I was going to say you were taking a picture with the sole women's Olympic basketball team, <laughs> and I thought the women next to you would literally kick my ass if yes, I that's true. revealed their, re- their true ages. Uh, so yeah, I do have true. a filter. Yes, I do have you a do. Filter. It was very nice. So, Scott, are you, you okay? Because man of the year is Elon Musk. Are you doing okay? <laughs> you mean Kim Jong-un? <laughs> Wait. I mean, <laughs> seriously, Kara? First off, first off. I'm okay. very happy for you, Elon. Go, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Hello, too. Access Journalism. I Hello, know, Kiss My Ass. I like, I like talking to him. I think he's a man of accomplishment. He's a, he can be very problematic. Anyway, There's a sorry. one in three chance yeah. uh-huh. that the wealthiest man in the world will be person of the year because we have this gross idolatry of the dollar. Okay. But look, the, the reality is, not that you, I don't know if you're really asking us, the reality is it's probably a correct pick because he has tremendous influence, tremendous awareness. Um, but it marks the age. It marks an age of technological brilliance. It marks an age of possibility. It marks an age of wealth. And it also marks an age of a lack of grace uh, and a lack of respect for the commonwealth and also an abuse of platforms to try and intimidate other people. I mean, it's actually probably a correct pick for Is a lot of people. Is there anyone good. else you would have picked? Well, I made a prediction. I was wrong. I think it was. Gonna, I thought it was going to be Francis Halligan or the couple from the Turkish couple mm-hmm. that helped yeah. develop the vaccine. Yeah. Um, and I. So it was another prediction I got wrong. Yeah. But as I thought about it, it like probably does mark the age. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, here we are. Here we are. You know what it also means? What? I mean, I like to think it also means that Mark Benioff, uh, in fact, even though he owns Time, has. Uh, gives him total editorial license because there's no way Mark Benioff would have picked Elon Musk. Mark yeah. Benioff is. Very, very concerned about citizenship, and I can't yeah, imagine he, 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 he had some other things in mind. I suspect. I suspect. Yeah. But, what yeah. do you think? You know, I think it's uh, there's there's a lot of people. I wouldn't. Uh, this has been such a hard year. I would go vaccine related or yeah. coronavirus related. So, um, but maybe people are tired of that. Um, you know, it's not. He, he's within the realm. 
Marie Ressa yeah, was definitely. another person I might pick. Definitely. There's a bunch of people. She's, I think she's been near it or something. Like that. I don't know how they come up with these things. Um, I, I, I want to see. I haven't seen the list of people who were close. They have always have like 10 mm-hmm. other people. I probably would have picked something related to the vaccine would be my mm-hmm. guess. You know, or do something kind of unusual and odd, like like a TV show or something, like something movie. But I guess that really hasn't been. Streaming would be something I might do. I don't know. I don't know. It's anyway. Anyway. So yeah, should, we try, should, should we try and relate this back to Scott? Because that's yes, really the key Yes, please, here. let's do that. So I have a man of the year, a person of the year story. One of the runner runners up in mm-hmm. like 1994, 95, yeah. was a guy named Bob Swanson, who was the CEO mm-hmm. of Genentech. Yeah. And I forget, like, the personal computer one person of the year, which made no sense. But Oh, I thought it did. Oh, I don't know. Call it thing of the year then. Anyways, yeah. so I was in a group called YEO that was, you got a mentor who was in YPO because I was a 27-year-old entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And my mentor that I was paired with was Bob Swanson. And mm-hmm. the first thing he did was he showed up and he said, and this is a fairly busy guy, right? Mm-hmm. CEO of Genentech. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he says, I just want to follow you around. And I was running and had founded a company called Profit Brand Strategy. And the guy followed me around all day, just listened and said, and like at the end of the day, just sat me down and said, you need to be more measured with your with your comments. It's more important to be effective, not right. He just gave me so much great advice. And I, I thought about what a generous man to just like follow you around for a day mm-hmm. when you're 28, 28-year-old CEO. Mm-hmm. Anyways, two weeks later, diagnosed with a glioblastoma, passed away nine months later. Oh. Um, but a really, a, a very, like not only an impressive, successful person, but a very generous right. uh, 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 man. Right. Anyways. I, I, you know, I think this thing is sort of a, it used to be such a big deal. It's person of the year now anyway, but, um, but it's, you know, it used to be a much bigger thing than it, was I guess you know it used to be something mm-hmm. something special and now it's so there's so many different awards and this and that I mean the different people who won it like Greta uh, Thunberg Donald Trump Angela Merkel how dare you Mark Zuckerberg how dare you <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway it's just oh, I think God. it's it probably doesn't have as much pull everyone's sort of it's it doesn't have as much pull as it used to I suspect mm-hmm. in any case uh, speaking of predictions that uh, you got right and wrong this is the end of year mm-hmm. prediction show today we'll mm-hmm. gaze into our crystal ball and try to forecast what to come in 2022. And to help us, we've reached out to some of our friends of Pivot who can shed light on what's coming in 2022. Is it the metaverse, China, Apple, all of the above? We'll find out and we'll give you some predictions of our own for the upcoming year. So let us ponder the orb. Ponder the orb. Are you talking dirty to me again? No, I think it's the producers are trying to get us to say something dirty. And you, you They always cut out my dirty stuff. They always cut out my dirty stuff. But but here's the thing, every, you know it, you know it. We've saved you from so many cancellations, it's fantastic. Anyway, uh, our first prediction comes from one of our BFFs, uh, Andrew Ross Sorkin, co-anchor of CNBC's Squawk Box. Let's hear it. Hey, Karen, Scott, it's Andrew Ross Sorkin here. So my prediction of 2022, well, it's all about China and human rights In a way that we've never seen before, Western companies are going to be grappling with China and human rights in a way that they haven't had to grapple before. Of course, so much of Silicon Valley has already left China, but many companies remain. Apple, Elon Musk's Tesla. And this year, in large part because of the Beijing Winter Olympics, the globe is going to be exposed to so many of the issues that are taking place there. And at a time when ESG has become such a prominent component of investing. It is going to challenge these companies 
to rethink their stances. It is potentially going to create hearings in Washington and elsewhere. And we are going to see lots of headlines and hard decisions that need to be made. The Canadian weighing in. Hmm, what a good voice he has. He has such a nice voice, doesn't he? I kind of just believe anything he Very says. Very handsome online. Okay. Very handsome. He's handsome. He sounds yeah. handsome. He does sound handsome. Yeah. He, in fact, is handsome. Um, let me say, I think this is interesting. I don't mm-hmm. feel like, you know, tech companies have been in and out of China, Yahoo, LinkedIn, Google, but I don't think, I, I, I'm not going with this one. I think that even though there's mm-hmm. a lot of anti-Chinese talk out there, and obviously this story on Tim Cook's secret deal um, between Apple and um, China uh, has written about, gotten a lot of attention. Um, forced labor, obviously, is a major issue. Um I just don't know if it's not going to be business as usual. I don't know. Scott, what do you think? I think he's half right. I think there will be a lot of headlines uh, because the stories are dramatic and there is a real inconsistency. And we still have this delusion that the CEOs of American companies, better angels are going to show up. And we're hoping that they fill and some have filled the void. There's Ken Frazier and Ken Chanel. There are some Mark Benioff and some CEOs who are filling this kind of vacuum or trying to address the externalities. Um, I, I'm not sure Americans really care. And I know that's a terrible thing. Um, if you think about, I bet there's more stories about Didi's de- potential delisting than yeah. there are about the internment camps of the Uyghurs. I, I just, I think Americans talk a big game. I think we've lost a lot of moral authority in the world when we have yeah. our own insurrections and our own income inequality and our own vaccine hesitance. And our, I, I just don't. I'm not sure that. I'm not sure that China's all that concerned with what we care or say. Um, uh, and I don't know if Americans. I think Americans are still going to buy iPhones, regardless of where Apple manufactures them. I think there'll be a lot of headlines. I guess that will perhaps yeah. in, increase pressure. But I think it's optimistic to think that uh, big American companies will take that sort of stand and withdraw from China. That they didn't. None of these companies we've mentioned withdrew mm-hmm. from China. Precisely. I think because what I call moral reasons. I yeah. think they withdrew because well, they, Google did. It was spying. There was some, you know, they had they had a long sort of flourish out of the country. But yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I hope he's right. Um, I hope he's right. I don't think he is. And I also, quite frankly, Trump and what I'll call the the lying and the corruption that was the Trump administration has lessened our, our moral authority around the world to ask anything of anybody. In Which my is view. ironic so since Trump was quite anti-China in a lot of ways, although he also embraced yeah. them. That was such a weird situation. Yeah. Just so, just the fact that their academic researchers estimate that the Chinese government has placed more than one million people in into internment camps. Uh, again, we've had a history of that in this country. Um, Jesus, can you, believe, can you fucking believe in this day? Can you believe that? It's an interesting thing. It's just a question of what these, it, it, as more light is shed on this, which is very difficult in terms of reporting. It, it will be interesting of, of the idea of using forced labor. And there are some uh, bills uh, aimed at that, which would, the, the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act would require U.S. companies to guarantee they do not use imprisoned or coerced workers from the predominantly Muslim region. And so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see. But th- that was an interesting one from Mr. Sorkin. Okay. Up next is a prediction on streaming content from Rich Greenfield of Lightshed Partners. Hey, Kara and Scott. It's Rich Greenfield from Lightshed Partners in New York. Predictions for 2022. I think the big one that everyone should be focused on is Apple. And when I say Apple, I mean Apple's content moves. 
You know, I think a lot of people have not taken Apple TV Plus terribly seriously. And I think 2022 is going to be a real turning point for just how serious and how big and bold Apple's ambitions are. You know, everyone knows Ted Lasso, the morning show, but there is so much more content coming. There's a movie called Killers of the Flower Moon, DiCaprio, De Niro, Scorsese directing, animation. They're working with Skydance. You probably remember John Lasseter from Pixar. He's producing four animated features with a 1,000-person animation studio. If you haven't seen the animated short Blush, it gives you a great preview of what's to come for Apple's animation ambitions. But movies, TV series, animation. Apple TV Plus is playing to win, and not enough people are paying attention. Well, that's interesting. So a competitor to Netflix. It's interesting because I just, um, I'm, I'm watching the morning show right now, um, which I like. Mm-hmm. I know everyone else doesn't, but I do. I think it's really interesting. Beautifully done, by the way. I mean, in terms mm-hmm. of money, like you can feel the money pouring off of it. That's um, exactly right. Uh, yeah. uh, and Ted Lasso was obviously a, a surprise. And I was, uh, I, to get to it, I go through Apple Plus to get, I bought Apple Plus to get to the site, but there was not anything on there I wanted to watch except that. Net, that is not the case with Netflix and other, and even Disney, I can always find some old like marvel movie to to look at for five minutes but um and we watch uh, sesame street on there which is interesting for clara but i I, they'd have to put a lot more content in here and i'm i don't know we'll see i if he says they're coming they're coming and i will use it I, i definitely will shift over if that's the case what do you think apple has proven one thing and that is um uh, and so is amazon prime that people underappreciate the power of culture and HBO has consistently produced more with less. They their their budgets are dwarfed by Netflix, much less uh, Apple. And Apple is spending, I think, approximately the same amount as HBO, maybe even more. And quite frankly, the best they can come up with is Murphy Brown on Game of Thrones budgets called The Morning Show. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, it what HBO has been able to accomplish. Uh, uh, another example. Florida is a perfect example of money doesn't translate to cooler taste. Walk into the most expensive homes in Florida and you think, wow, it's really frustrating that people with this much money can have such ridiculously bad taste. And Apple TV is proving that even billions doesn't guarantee the magic and mystery of great storytelling. Because Mm -hmm. other than Ted Lasso, which, by the way, cheered me up after that fucking Elon Musk of the year tweet this morning. (laughs) I I watched the Ted Lasso Christmas party Instagram stories from... um, Uh, from Jason Sudeikis. That made me happier. That made me happier. But anyways, Apple TV Plus so far, I mean, here's some data. Okay, they have about a $7 billion budget. Mm -hmm. um, And they've got, uh, what's different is they've gone vertical, which is interesting and very Apple and smart. But they they have the greatest churn. They have a monthly churn rate of 16%. So they have the greatest churn. Yeah, I only got it to finish the morning show and then I'm canceling it. That's what I'm doing. And it's also only accessible to Apple users. Okay. Uh, so they've basically said they're kind of ignoring the 70% of Android. But Apple TV Plus is really a testament to just how, in my opinion, I think it highlights just how incredible HBO is. But it's not, um, and, and here's the thing, Kara, mm-hmm. it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. This company makes so much money that $7 billion, if it gives them any point of differentiation, if Tim Cook gets any more opportunity, if he gets to go to the Academy Awards, if people associate the goodwill, a little bit of the goodwill they have for AFC Richmond and Ted Lasso, and any of that spills over to Apple that covers over the fact that they're, you know, manufacturing in China yeah. to our previous story, it's worth $7 billion. Yeah, and it goes to the notion that content 
Content has been featureized. Yeah, so, but like, look what we're talking about right now: HBO yep. Succession, right? That's what we're talking about this morning. Everyone, you know it, you know, you know and, it, and they're really people love it. Like, you couldn't see it now. Ted Lasso, they do like, but constantly HBO has shows on that you're like that show, that show. Same thing with Netflix. The same thing with Netflix. I have to say, both Mayor of them. of Easton. But uh, but here's the thing: yeah, HBO Mayor does it on a quarter of the budget. So Netflix. we'll see. I mean, we will see if they can do that. Jennifer Lawrence Theranos movie is going to be on H, uh, Apple TV+. Plus. I will definitely buy it for that month to watch it. Yeah. Um, there's this thing called churn and return. That's what I am. You know, I'll pay for it one month. Essentially, well, it's like paying for that, a movie thing. Apple's doing the We Crash documentary starring Jared Leto, Anne Hathaway, and and Bill yeah. Alcoyne as, as Scott Galloway. Oh, That's right. Really? That's right. People playing me on TV. Who would play you? Who's playing you? The guy Dollar Bill from Billions. Oh, cool. Holly Hunter. Super nice man. Holly Hunter. Super nice man. I'm going to have a party, a screening mm-hmm. party, and I'm going to invite him and you, oh. and we'll come up with another list of 100 people. Okay, that would be great. You know what's interesting, though? You seem I, very I, excited. Could you seem I, a little bit more excited? I don't like parties, You just wrote me no, off I have there. to wear pants. It's another, I've got to put, do I have to wear pants? I'll invite the basketball team from the Seoul Olympics. Okay. All right. <laughs> have them there. Pants <laughs> is my thing. Like, oh, pants. Okay. Um, so w- let me just Gotta say, it it's a really, I think a, these are going to continue to be competitive no matter what. I went to see West Side Story on Saturday night. and Oh, how was that? It was fantastic. It was beautiful to see it in IMAX theater. Do you know how mm-hmm. many people were in the theater and why Amanda decided to come with a baby? Because there were four people in the theater, in oh, this really? massive IMAX theater. Four people. Crazy. I love IMAX. IMAX made Fantastic me want to be an astronaut movie. for a hot minute. Uh, it's not making any money because the no, old don't want to go see West Side Story yeah, with the COVID. 100%. And, um, I just am like, it doesn't really matter. Like, this is a beautiful, I'm so sorry because this is a beautiful movie by Steven Spielberg. The The book is wonderful. The actors are by um, um, Tony Kushner. The actors are astonishing. There's an ingenue they picked for Maria who is uh, out of 30,000 people. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Every, you know, Rita Moreno's in it. Fa- everything fantastic. Four people on a Saturday night. Just saying. I, it was just mm-hmm. bad. And and I wanted to watch it in the theater, but everything else the I watch at home. Uh, they aren't. They aren't. They're all new people and they're all fantastic. Well, every problem, single they don't have Ryan Gosling dancing. No, I mean, every they got to get the stars. single one of them was amazing. And all of them got yeah. a lot of time. Anyway, still, I was sort of like, wow, this isn't going to work out too well for for uh, Disney on this one. He got it from 20th Century Fox. Anyway, so hmm. it just it, it's the trend towards it, so it doesn't hardly matter, and you'll, you'll, you will churn and return, essentially. So we'll see how that goes, and it doesn't matter. But this is how, the, this is how everyone talks about the channels, but it's mm-hmm. the format that I think is changing, too. And, and in the last month, I've, I've done conversations. My agent has set me up with these kind of baller mm-hmm. producers and filmmakers to talk about the future of media. And my view is, and we said this about Dune, and I think they should have done it with West Side Story, the greatest talent in the world right now is so stuck in this format of a 100-minute film and trying to spend $100 million to put butts in seats. I think West Side Story should have been an eight-part series run on Apple TV Plus or something. I because there's just no way I'm going to see it. It's going to come and go. Yeah, and I, and uh, it is beautiful in a big thing. Beautiful in the theater. This one, it's the first one I'm like, this needs to be in the theater, but nobody was in the theater. It was, it just may be a kind of movie that's never going to happen again, or not for now. All right, Scott, next up, we have a couple of predictions from Senator Amy Klobuchar. Oh, gangster, gangster in the house. 
Hi, Kara. Hi, Scott. Amy Klobuchar. My predictions for next year. In the words of the mayor of Duluth, you want to start out with the Duluth mayor, uh, we see the lighthouse on the horizon. It sounds better than the light at the end of the tunnel. I see us getting through this pandemic. Why? Uh, Because Americans are getting vaccinated and boosted um, and people really want to get moving again. Um, So that's my first prediction. Uh, My second one is that the work that we're doing to um, shore up the economy and the long-term work we're doing to make sure that we've got infrastructure going and broadband um, and workers getting trained is going to make a difference. Um, I don't know how many times I said on that presidential campaign trail that we're not going to have a shortage of sports marketing degrees. By the way, You're very lucky if you have a sports marketing degree and have a job. Congratulations. But we're not going to have a shortage of those. We're going to have a shortage of everything from healthcare workers to plumbers to electricians um, to um, people who work in the trades. And so we've got to try to focus students and people who are uh, looking for work into those, into areas where we know there are jobs. Um, So that's got to be a part of next year. Finally, something near and dear to your hearts, tech. I think you're going to see the work on tech intensify from the people that have been put into the agencies to the resources that's going out to those agencies so they can um, enforce the laws. I'm personally proud of uh, my non-discrimination bill um, that uh, makes sure that we've got some rules of the road in place on tech that hasn't been regulated in any way for decades. Um, My group of authors is what Samantha B. called the ocean. 11 of co-sponsors. So hopefully uh, we will pull off a miracle and get some bills passed as well. That's my plan. That's a lot, as my daughter likes to say. So happy new year, everyone. Thanks, guys. Wow. Can she be president right now? What do you think? Uh, I love this one. I know. Um, you know, do you think she'll I, let us come look, to the White House when she's president? Do you think she'll let no, us? I'm, I'm, I try to be very transparent about my politics. Yeah. And uh my the people I'm supporting for president in um, 2024 are um, number three Michael Bennett, number two Pete Buttigieg, and number one is Amy Klobuchar. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I put out a tweet. Hillary Clinton is doing a master class, which I thought was kind of interesting. But I loved Hillary Clinton, and one of the things I think you have to think about with these people that have very important jobs, probably the most important job, is how smart are they? Do they do the work? And how competent are they? And I always thought Hillary Clinton checked all three of those boxes, and I never understood the animus towards her. And I, Amy Klobuchar also checks all three of those boxes, and I hope that the public doesn't have the same kind of re- gag reflex. No, there's not the same Bill Clinton problems attached. In the, but she's, she does the work, super smart, and with respect to what she's talking about, look, uh, she talked about, touched about vaccines. Uh, we're at about 61%, uh, fully 65%. Low, but better. But, okay, this is where we are. We're yeah. on par with Turkey and the Czech Republic, and we're behind Thailand, Mongolia, and Lithuania. And we're 30% behind places like the UAE and Portugal. And the unvaccinated are holding back our economy. We have a fifth wave. I want to be clear, and the CDC hugely fucked up by saying things like, you don't need a mask, or this will end with vaccines. But the reality is the pandemic has largely gone endemic for people with vaccines. Mm-hmm. The hospitals are totally filled up with the unvaccinated, which is shutting down our economy. 
and still getting in the way of us getting on with our lives. All right. So I'm going to take on the workers thing. I think she's right. Of uh, I, I've been actually trying to get different workers. It's very, very hard around the house. Mm-hmm. 4.4 million workers quit in September 2021. As we mm-hmm. said, the reassessment. Skilled trade workers are in demand. The home building industry needs 61,000 new hires every month for the foreseeable future. Um, industries that have so many jobs. All these, go to a rest, anyone going to a restaurant, anywhere, food, hospitality, retail, you can see um, they have the highest number of jobs openings. They have the lowest pay and benefits. Um, uh, then there's a lot of people who are dealing with long COVID and can't return to work, which is interesting. That's Another right. thing we don't pay enough attention to um, is the implications of COVID um, that we sort of pretend and put in the back. Um, so there are a lot of opportunities here to train people and move them into new areas that are better for them, better benefits and things like that. And I think these bills are very important rather than just, and I don't think the COVID relief was a handout, but it, this is actually moving forward to real, to creating long-term sustainable jobs. I still am a proponent, just like many people are of, of a, a form of UBI. I did a great interview with Rutger Bregman, who's, a, uh, who's mm-hmm. written a book called Humankind. You know, it's venture capital for regular people. Why not? Rich people get it all the time, get chances. And venture hand, capital you know, for regular they, people. But they call it a handout when it's yeah. to other people as but, if they can't do something with the money. Um, so I, I, I'm in agreement with uh, Senator Klobuchar. I think I hope there's going to be a bill. Well, I, I doubt that myself, but we'll see. Well, tech bill. It, it comes down to a mentality. In the U.S., we have a Hunger Games mentality where we think that our kid is ex- exceptional and going to end up at Harvard and go on to run a hedge fund or be Mark Zuckerberg. And the reality is our best universities, which are transformational, are engaged in a rejectionist culture where they see themselves as Birkenbags and not as public servants. And in Europe, they have recognized that there needs to be other great pathways into the middle class. And in mm-hmm. Europe, Germany, Austria, and Switzerland – have always seen vocational training as central to this. Half of the German population, 47%, uh, has some sort of formal vocational qualification. Mm -hmm. In the US, it's 5% because we see those jobs of plumbing and electrician where you can only make 200 grand a year is somehow a disappointment. And we have no investment in people. We say, well, you either get on a path to being Mark Zuckerberg or Ray Dalio, or we don't want to invest in you. And I think that the vocational training in microcertification has to be a key component if we're going to start or Absolutely. renew our commitment to the And there's plenty of jobs class. everywhere. You know, I am thrilled my son has worked all year in a in mm-hmm. a retail job. He's, you know, he does, he washes dishes, he carries things, he does cooking, he does, I think he's learned more in this year and mm-hmm. gotten more skills than any college can handle. And I, he's going back to college, you know, I, I see that how important that is. I think he does. But I can't tell you how much experience he's gotten in, in what is essentially a vocational job in a way, you know. Um, it, I, it, it's, it's, it's such, uh, it's so important to get people trained in these areas so they can have, not earn tiny amounts of money and have no benefits, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's really important that we bring up. I've gotten to know our rug cleaner because I have dogs mm-hmm. So we have this like super nuclear service rug cleaner that comes out about mm-hmm. five times a week. And I've gotten to know the guy. He's probably like, ah, oh, the Galloways. <laughs> we, I should just put him on retainer. Yeah. It's not just about young people under the middle class. This guy is a 65-year-old guy. He used to be a pilot. You know, that, that industry went to shit for him. And he's like, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of the not being away from my family. And he bought a van and a franchise and got really good at basically getting all sorts of substances out of all sorts of materials. And I can just, I kind of did the back of the hand math. I think he makes about 150 or 200 grand a year. And living in Florida, you can live a pretty nice life. And I thought, and the nice thing is he was with, he had with him a young man of color who looked like about all of 19, who was watching everything he did. 
And I thought that, that there need, just needs to be more of yeah. this. There needs yeah. to be more investment from, from baby boomers to younger generation. And I was just a, a very big fan. Uh, it just got me thinking, like, how come we can't institutionalize this? This is, yeah. this is good, good for him, good for us, good for the planet. A hundred percent. Okay, Scott, next up, author Corey Doctorow on what's to come for the FTC in 2022. Hey, Scott and Kara, this is Corey Doctorow, science fiction novelist, activist, blogger, special advisor to the Electronic Frontier Foundation. And here is my prediction for 2022. I think that this year we are going to see corporations continue their assault on the Federal Trade Commission and its stated intent to reduce the number of anti-competitive mergers. What they've been doing is throwing so many mergers at the FTC that it can't process them all, a kind of blitzkrieg strategy. And what I think is going to happen is that the FTC is going to take a couple of these and try and make an example of them. Maybe they'll take one that's in the offing and one that's already gone through. And they're going to go back and they're going to say, all right, you got past us before we could uh, take a, a, a good look at you. But we took that look anyway. We decided that what you did was illegal. And we're going to unwind that merger. And we're going to do it no matter how long it takes and no matter how much it costs you. And that's going to be a message to everyone who's thinking, well, I, I might be able to squeak in under the wire before the new more stringent standards come in. And I think it's going to shake investor confidence in firms whose growth strategy is based on access to the capital markets and buying their competitors rather than on making stuff that we like. Um, that's both a prediction and maybe a wish. I hope you have a happy new year and uh, I'll talk to you in 2022. I love that Corey Doctorow. He does a lot of things. I think that's right. I think he's right. I think, you know, I think there's needs to, Lena Khan's been relatively quiet. She's the head of the FTC. And I do think that that's a great strategy to do more with less and make examples and do one that's happened and one that's happening. Um, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce are, has vowed to use every tool at our disposal, including litigation, to combat the FTC's antitrust agenda. Um, they're trying to find out stuff from her email. Uh, they did a FOIA request. Um, they cannot regulate with the wave of mergers. 2021 was the biggest year for M&A ever. Um, John, Google has demanded that Jonathan Cantor over at the DOJ, uh, head of DOJ mm -hmm. Antitrust, uh, recuse himself. This is one of their tactics. So they're trying to get around. Everyone's trying to get around antitrust legislation. I think this is a great prediction. I think he's correct. What about you? Well, you're both exactly right. And that is uh, we have fallen into this cold comfort, uh, this delusion that when the PR people who have increased by 300% at big tech pretend to give a good goddamn about the Commonwealth, and we believe them. And our job is to fund and support the greatest entity, the greatest force of good in history, the U.S. government, such that it can serve as a ballast for corporations. Corporations are a fantastic vehicle for wealth creation, but they will continue, their vision will get blurred when it's raising money, and they will do, say and do anything to try and overrun government when it suits their interests. And just some data here, the FTC, which is a ballast for anti-competitive environments through mergers that create runaway monopolies and duopolies, in fiscal year 2010, there were 22 enforcement actions for 1,166 reported mergers, which means that one out of every 53 mergers yeah, they know. was challenged. And in fisc fiscal year 2019, there was one less enforcement action, 21, across 2,100 mergers, meaning that only one in a one in a hundred actions. And so they said, well, maybe the actions aren't as threatening. The actions have become more threatening to 
a healthy business ecosystem because they're about gigantic acquisitions that create data monopolies using network effects where other people can't compete. So we are where we put our money. And yeah. do we want to see a continued overrun of government? So what's and, really going to be interesting to see what Khan does. What She's been very quiet. I'm going to interview her at some point uh, for Sway. But she... Um, what she does is, and with Cantor now in his position, we'll see what happens. They do have, they've got to move relatively soon and they have to be incredibly bold. Doing things around the edges is not going to work here. So, Corey, we but, hope this works. We hope this works. But unless they're Rambo, unless we give them the ammunition to yeah. fight here, yeah. they're going to have a tough time. Yeah, there so, are some bills anyway, to do that, but, but it's certainly, yeah. um, it, they certainly need to get out there and and show some yeah. teeth to these companies. All right, Scott, let's go on a quick break. When we come back, more predictions from our friends of Pivot. Support for Pivot comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software, including Jira, Confluence, and Trello, help power the collaboration for teams to accomplish what would otherwise be impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200, or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR, and legal, can stay connected and moving together as one towards shared, company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Support for Pivot comes from Klaviyo. When you're marketing your business, there's a ton of data to keep track of, and you need the right tool to help you make sense of it all. For that, you might want Klaviyo in your arsenal. Klaviyo helps brands get smarter with their marketing. Their AI is built differently than anyone else. It combines a ton of real-time and historical customer data points for you in full detail and makes sense of it all for you. It guides you with predictive analytics, so when you use Klaviyo AI, you get smarter insights without all the heavy lifting. You can more accurately see what your customers want and when they want it. You can work smarter and be more confident in your decision making. You can join brands who've optimized their marketing strategy with Klaviyo AI, including, for example, men's personal care brand Everyman Jack. They've used Klaviyo's AI-powered predictive analytics to generate personalized predictions about each of their subscribers. That, in turn, helped them deliver top-notch customer experiences and drive more revenue. Klaviyo powers smarter digital relationships. Visit klaviyo.com slash vox to learn more. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash vox. Scott, we're back with more predictions. Next up, we have Joanna Stern, senior personal technology columnist at the Wall Street Journal. She's also a friend of mine. She's got a prediction on the metaverse. Hey, Karen, Scott. It's me, Joanna Stern from the Wall Street Journal, here in 2021, where tech people cannot stop talking about the metaverse. In 2022, I'm going to make a bold and brave prediction. They will still be talking about the metaverse. For the most part, I expect the year to basically inch along in that space, but I do expect it to be a big year for VR and AR hardware. Facebook, I mean Meta, 
has Project Cambria, and that's a headset that's due out later next year. It's a high-end version of the Oculus Quest with new sensors that will make our avatars seem more human and lifelike. Yeah. And then there are strong reports now that Apple will put out a virtual reality headset with augmented reality features next year. So yeah, that's my prediction. No real mainstream progress on the metaverse, but lots of talk and buzz and movement for the tech crowd. Love you guys. Oh, she's she so seems nice. very nice. I love Joanna Stern. She's the best. She's an Let's excellent Let's invite her person. to our We Crash documentary screening. Okay, good. Let's nice. put her on the list. Okay. okay. So I, I like that it's ours now. I like that. I like that it's it ours, ours. Like you and I as hosts together, as co-hosts kind of thing. Um, she's right. This this the stuff coming from Project Camry is really interesting. Um, I still think it's not – regular people are not going to be using things. But when Apple moves into the, the virtual reality headset and especially augmented reality features, as you said, it could come in the form of the ear, AirPods. Joanne, I think, is correct. And she's been doing a ton of stuff in the metaverse. She spent 24 hours living in the metaverse for the Wall Street Journal. What does that even mean? She watched The Matrix 12 times? What does I, that mean? I guess. I can't wait to see it. I saw the previews for it. The Apple headset's going to cost upwards of $3,000. I think that kind of mm-hmm. said it. And I think there is metaverse here with Snap and Niantic. Casey Newton uh, wrote about it. But so there, I think she's right about the headsets. I think they're out of reach of most people. $3,000. I mean, come on. So the metaverse as envisioned by Mark Zuckerberg is the most overhyped technology since 3D printing. Um, There are already several forms of metaverses, whether it's Twitter or Fortnite or the App Store, in my opinion, is is the closest thing we have to a metaverse right now. And it just gives me huge comfort uh, and joy that they're portaled into the metaverse. The Oculus will go down as one of the Lisa and the Palm times 100. It's just not, All right, we're going to get to that work. in a minute. So talk about, in general, the idea of these headsets and things like that, which she was talking about. Here's what tech doesn't get. And what Chanel and Luxottica and, to a lesser extent, but still, Persol and, and Warby Parker get. The shit you put on your face is a function of being more attractive to potential mates. Mm-hmm. And these things are prophylactic. You might as well say, hey, I'm really into magic and I drive a Mazda. No yeah. one wants near you. No one wants to have sex with you with this thing on your head. And mm-hmm. the, the reason why the French continue to continue to inspire and delight and continue to dominate luxury is they have a sense for the architecture of the face and what colors, what smells make us more attractive. And tech has no, they have literally yeah. absolutely no fucking clue. Agreed. And name a tech product that increases the opportunity you're going to have a random sexual encounter AirPods. other than AirPods. They're kind of, remember they started off ugly. 100%. Great AirPods. example. I like them. Yeah, I like but people wearing them. 100%. But a $3,000 product, unless it's a luxury item, I'd be very curious yeah. to see the form factor on that. But the Oculus is ridiculous. Yeah. Have you seen the ads for Oculus? They have a lot of them out now for Christmas. And they, they have people putting them on and they're, they're like, oh, looking good now. I'm like, no. Whip it no. out. Whip out your Oculus? There was, there was one for Lady Gaga. And I was like, oh, please stop. Don't show people doing Oculus, you know, doing those things in the real world because they look ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what they're thinking. Everyone's wearing a bodysuit and they're in good shape, but I'm like, you just rendered Lady this. Gaga is wearing yeah. an Oculus? No, That's no. It. I Someone wish else been is the one that died and a star is born. dancing to Lady Gaga. Anyway, they're all incredible. These <laughs> ads great are literally, reference. they're like, I think I made fun of one. They were like, good looking. I'm like, what? Like, not good looking, like the opposite of good looking. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. I just Me $3, with an $1. Oculus on, I look like a defective Q-tip. I look like a Q-tip <laughs> that was... 
miss like had terribly gone terribly wrong in the manufacturing. Yeah. I mean, if you were wearing an Oculus, I would just poke at you with a sword. That's what I would do if you were wearing an Oculus. You wouldn't know where I was. Let me put every, ignore everything. Facebook executives, you should go all in on the Oculus. Right. This is a great idea for you. Invest more in the Oculus. Well, we're going to get to this that in a be- minute. But first, we have a prediction from NBC News senior business correspondent Stephanie Rule, who you're calling the Supreme, Supreme Ruler. Supreme Ruler. Okay, let's get to Stephanie. Hey there, Scott and Kara. This is Steph Rule. I would say my New Year's prediction is more like my New Year's hope. I'm ready for cancel culture to get canceled. I am ready for all the powerful forces out there, government, media, business, to stop monetizing and celebrating our divide and get practical because the majority of this country, they don't care about politics. They don't want to be at war with each other. Every person out there, for the most part, wants to be financially secure, physically safe, socially free. The majority of this country is not in the extremes. However, we as influential bodies keep celebrating the extremes. In 2022, I sincerely hope we stop doing that. Our democracy is at risk and I'd like to see every business, every person in government and the media actually figure out a way to celebrate the wins of America and get along. Like I get along with you two. Happy New Year. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Oh, Stephanie. I think she's correct. This is this is your song. This is your little song, Scott. Your little well, song I thought you were about to break uh, like break into it's not cancel culture, it's accountability culture. I, it, but yeah. it is. Uh, some things deserve uh, scrutiny. I think there's some very serious things going on and being about restricting voting laws, the, what's happening with Roe right now. Uh, this, mm-hmm. The information in January 6th to like smile and wave throughout it. I think that's not the appropriate response. And it gets mixed up with sort of this celebrity cancel culture thing where someone says the wrong thing and people do pile on too much, a hundred percent. But why mix them up? Like, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. like mixing them up. Some things you do need to be dead serious about, um, even mm-hmm. if it's, you know, a bummer. Uh, so I agree. We should try to get along better on the things we can get along with. We shouldn't just reach immediate anger at people over something, not have a, you know, I just, I posted something about uh, Ryan Reynolds and Peloton did a very funny ad uh, mm-hmm. about Mr. Big not dying. And they used the, mm-hmm. it was very, very funny. And they used the 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 Peloton instructor who's really went Jess King. Um, and someone was immediately like, oh, now Mr. Big's moved on to a younger woman. Well, that's just sucks. I'm like, no, no, it's, it's part of the, it's part of the joke. She's the one that was mm-hmm. on the, th- like, and I literally was like, and I said, do you ever like know what you're talking about before you mouth the frig off over this incredibly clever response to, you know, someone dying on your product, essentially? Um, and so people do that, but there are various serious things. Uh, I, there's two parts of it, and I think they get interspersed. So there, I didn't crap all over it. Yeah, we're being torn. The fabric of our society and other societies has been torn torn apart. And there's so many unfortunate perfect storms. Social media encourages, you know, this, the algorithms are like, just find two people and say, fight, fight, fight. And mm-hmm. the sequestering of people through isolation and COVID makes us less empathetic when you're not going to the grocery store, yeah. the movie theater to work. You have less empathy for the single mother, the person of a different economic or ethnic background. You know, even like, I think going to movies, uh, Quentin Tarantino described it really well. He said, you're part of a collective. When you laugh and you share media together with other people, you begin to say, okay, these are, these are people that may not look, smell, or feel like me, but they, they, you know, they, they love their children. They love, 
They love media, and we have a connective tissue that makes us a community in America. And all of those connective tissues are being frayed. And also, you know, partisanship among among politicians, even everything is trying to reduce the connective tissue. Gerrymandering, where you have hardened districts, far left or far right, because incumbents want to stay in the Senate until they're 110 fucking years old. So they once they're in, they want to mil- once they get into the House country. Members, representatives, not senators, but go ahead. Once they get into the country, they want to militarize the border mm-hmm. and make it harder for. Uh, so everything, so many things are fraying in this connective tissue. And I would like to see what can we do to restore these connective tissues when there's so many forces in technology and with the pandemic that the bottom line is they're, they're absolutely dividing us. And. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really big issue. She gave she gave the kind of the same talk at Benioff's dinner, and every, she she got a lot of applause for it. Uh, I'm I'm oh, and by the way, speaking of centrist culture, did you see who joined CNN Plu? Who? Oh, you didn't see this? No. I'm Most not re- okay. I'll get. I'll make this one easy. Most respected okay. journalist at Fox. I don't know Chris Wallace. It's Chris Wallace is joining CNN Plus. Oh, finally! Hello. Wow, that's Oh, they do you think he was? Inti- do you think he's intimidated showing up with me there? Do you think he's intimidated? No, I think he's a terrific interviewer. I think that's a big get. Wow, they are going crazy over at the right wing. That's speaking of people who just like are piling. Like it does. It's it's everywhere that kind of thing. Like the fast pile on. Like he does a good interview, and they they, they feel the need to insult him. Like why not say oh, that was a good interview? Like you know what I mean? Or I, I experience it sometimes when I interview conservative people. I get a lot of pile on. I'm like. I'm often like, screw you. My job is to talk to people, difficult or not. So, but I agree with you in many more ways. Uh, what can we do, right? And right. and I want to live up to this. Anytime someone says something on Twitter or anywhere else, it's not your job to find the soft tissue of their statement yeah. and press on it. Yeah, it's like don't take shit out of context. And Jonathan Hyde said something that was so powerful, and it's changed my behavior and reaction. Say, okay. There's a weakness in their statement or their soft tissue, so I could go after it and dunk on them, and the algorithms are of that. And he said, you should always take any gesture with the intention it was given. Yeah. And most of the times when people get back in your face, it's like, come on, you know what yeah. they were trying to say. You know what they were yeah. trying to do. It was funny. And we just need to show a little bit, I think, and I'm, I'm trying to take this seriously uh, to heart, just a little bit more generosity um, agreed I we are in agreement about this I interesting it was actually one of the plot points on the morning show when this guy's like just assume I'm on your side to say, like because one of the characters is always fighting um, really interesting it was actually complex it was a complex thought and, a, and something that was is more drama and you know what's been overheard in the CNN elevator over and what? over what Casey Hunt Chris Wallace and who <laughs> Oh, I love that. I love that. Do you think he's intimidated? When is this debuting? And when are they going to have to come get me to, to, to bail you out here? To bail you out? That's called yeah. week one. No, I week know. two. I know. Okay, I this like isn't working. I go it alone, Scott. I love this your isn't... little attempts to go it alone. Oh, hello, Time Sway, all the shit you do. But you go to cool lunches <laughs> and don't invite me with basketball <laughs> players, the, the Seoul Olympics female basketball team. I would have uh, rocked it at that party, Jerry. by the way, at that lunch. You, there was no men involved. There like, was a no man, man there. A guy from New York Magazine was invited. He left. I he left by truth. drinks. He got left by drinks. If you came as a the waiter, you could have come. love me. They love the dog. They don't they want love the, dog, the dog. That's a lady lunch. It's a lady lunch, and you're not invited. Just talk to Joanna Coles, your friend Joanna. I didn't. I don't make the rules. I would. I would not have a lady lunch. I'd have men at my lady lunch. I would have been awesome at that party. 
Chris Wallace likes me. Chris Wallace <laughs> he's likes not me. Gonna, he's going to walk right by you in the hall. He's like, who is this man? No, he's going to ask me for coffee. No, <laughs> oh, no wait, I'm so old. He's going to assume he's, I'm like an HR. He so is completely gonna, oh. not going to ask you for coffee. Anyway. But, that is, but seriously, just pause for a moment. That's a big fucking deal. Chris it Wallace is. at CNN. It is. It that's is. a big deal. It's a oh, good. Anyways, it's, I'm he's very a, excited. He's an excellent, excellent interviewer. All right. Like next, we All have. All we need is Neil Cavuto and then Fox is a shell of itself. There are no reasonable people left. No, it's not. It'll be fine with their crazies. They don't mind. They don't, they don't like those other people who have a different point of view. It cleans it out for them, makes it clear. I think America's smarter than that. Next up, we have a prediction from my role model and literally the dean of evaluation and arguably the greatest instructor in the history of graduate education, Professor Aswat Damodaran. Hi, Karen Scott. I'm not one for predictions. I'm not that good at them. But if I had to make a prediction for next year, it is that inflation will be the star of the show in either good ways or bad ways. In good ways, if inflation drops back to pre-COVID levels, I think we have a real shot of building on this economic recovery and keeping markets going. In bad ways, if inflation stays high, in other words, it's not transitory, it's not because of the supply chains, then I think we have a real problem. Interest rates will rise no matter what the Fed wants them to do. The Fed might have to clamp down and try to bring inflation down. The economy will suffer, suffer and stock and bond prices will bear the pain. In addition, I think Bitcoin and gold and alternatives to traditional financial assets will do well. So I guess we'll find out soon enough. But I've had to make a call. 2022 is the inflation year. Thank you. Oh, man. Brought He's delivering a tough message. Tough message mm -hmm. in such a classy way. What a classy guy he is. Anyway, corporate profits hit record highs in 2021, leading some to believe the real issue is corporate profiteering rather than inflation. Uh, Bitcoin, as he's noted, is up 60% from January 1st. Gold is down 6%. So he's sort of going with the inflation thing, which is not good for uh, the Biden administration. It's not good for the economy. Uh, there's all this money being shoved into the economy with all these bills. So what do you, what do you think? What do you think, Scott? Well, so... The annual rate of inflation last month was over 60%, a 30-year high, and mm -hmm. it's also a global phenomena, and that yeah, is the majority of nations are recording some of their highest inflation rates in a while. I, like, I'm not an economist, even though I taught macro and microeconomics in graduate school, um, but I, I actually would take – well, he's not – he's being smart. He's making a prediction that inflation will be front and center in 2022, which is probably true. What I find with technology is that technology is just so deflationary. Mm -hmm. And that is, uh, so I'm in the ed tech business, right? My company, Section 4, we, when I, see, I see how much money is pouring into ed tech and how much money is pouring into technology. And what I see is when you have this abundance of capital going into tech and consumer tech, the first thing they do with that capital is they create or try and create a better product at a lower price. So I just think this, the capital going into technology whose mission is to bring prices down, I think will ultimately win as the supply chain or the gunk in the supply chain gets worked out. So I, I think the deflationary forces of technology will ultimately reign supreme here and inflation will start to come down. And if you look at the markets, if you look at the 10 year mm -hmm. and the credit markets, they kind of agree with that thesis. And that is interest rates have not gone crazy here, even though inflation- disagreeing with Oswald. That's a tough- I think I just think technology, if you look at, if you look at technology and the abundance of capital available to trying to come up with a better product for less money, 
there's never been more munitions trying okay. to find okay. invent better products for less money. I like that you're um, going up against a smarter guy, but okay. Oh, that's easy. <laughs> By smarter. the way, Professor Demodoran is going to be at Pivot MIA. Yes, talking he is. about stocks. Very excited. He's, Very exciting. Yeah. Well, you two can debate this. There's no way I'm debating Housewives. <laughs> By the way, you just did. if you in fact see, but let me just be clear. If you in <laughs> fact see that there's some disagreement between Prof G and Prof D, oh, you should definitely go with Prof D. You yes. should definitely Prof go with Prof, Prof D. Let's have a show Prof D. I'm going to start <laughs> a show it. on on CNN Plu uh, called Prof D. All right. Scott, onto our next you prediction. This one from author and reporter Shira Frankel on Meta. This is Shira Frankel, tech reporter with the New York Times and author of An Ugly Truth with Cecilia Kong. Facebook is going to try and stay as much as possible under the radar this year. They really want the metaverse to work, and internally they're shuffling teams to dedicate their full resources towards that race. They're up against Apple, Google, and a number of other companies that want to lay stake to the metaverse. And Facebook knows that at this point, PR-wise, all they can do is hope that they stay out of the uh, the top headlines in the New York Times and other publications, and that the focus shifts elsewhere so that they can get to work on the metaverse. I don't know. Okay. They're good luck with that Facebook. They seem to always mm-hmm. like land in, land in hot water. Um, you know, of course, they're moving everything in this direction because the big blue service is not what the business they want to be in anymore. And they're trying really hard. Now, other companies have done this, shifted. Google certainly shifted in lots of ways, although search is still at the heart of their business. Um, you know, this is companies always tried. My, Microsoft kind of did this, um, moved into the cloud. And okay. I just don't think they have enough creativity to do this. This is too. This is much too too much of a creative endeavor, um, along with a technological endeavor. And I just don't think they've got the the set to do it. What about you? Well, she is right. Yeah. They're trying to create another weapon of mass distraction, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, let's talk about leaning in, or let's talk about the metaverse because it's we want to we want to just change the conversation. And I don't doubt that the metaverse is going to kind of dominate the headlines as it relates to Facebook. But just to be clear, it, my personal mission is to remind people in all of 2022 over and over that unwittingly or not, probably the greatest exogenous influence uh, across teen depression resulting in uh, hospital admissions of self-harm up 80% mm-hmm. since social went on mobile. And the primary culprit here is Facebook and specifically yes. Instagram. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's up to us to consistently remind people that these mendacious fucks should not be let off the hook because of a fucking headset. Mendacious fucks. Because of a headset. And the fact that that Mark Zuckerberg wants to talk about his opportunity to see Ariana Grande in Istanbul with a prophylactic he puts on his head. This company is about to deservedly get a lot of scrutiny. And I, I don't think they're bad people. I don't think they meant to do this. Yeah. But it's no accident that teen depression and self-harm among teens began to skyrocket about yeah. the time social went on mobile and about the time Facebook acquired Instagram. So my prediction is, yeah, she's right, but we're going to continue to remind people what is actually going on yeah. here. Yes, we are. Yes, God, we I are. I sound so indignant. I know you're I sound so Mendacious fuck sort of kind of registered what I think you meant. That's my new boy band. That's my new boy band. <laughs> The Mendacious why Fox. Why is your show on CNN Plu, or maybe in the metaverse, called Mendacious Fox? I could I love be in a boy band. I have the same barber as Elon Musk. Really? That's your boy. You know what my band name By is? By the way, you insult the dog on what, Twitter, you get what? a terrible haircut. Okay. You Listen, get a terrible haircut. Do you know what haircut. my band name was? Why don't you ask? Go ahead. Pregnant What's Women Smoking. Name? 
Pregnant women smoke. Pregnant women smoke. I do like that. By the way, there's a great photo of my mom with a drink and a cigarette and a gigantic belly. That's me. Did you send a Christmas card? I didn't get a Christmas card from the Galloways, did I? No. I don't, get, I don't send yeah. out Christmas yeah. cards. I was going to send out a Christmas card where my kids are smoking, we're, lit, we're recycling badly, we're lo- all looking at our phones. That's what I was going to send out because all these people are so happy, shiny people. I, I, I mean it sincerely. Mm-hmm. You should send out a Christmas card. All of the kids and everything, it'd be Do pretty. <laughs> like the baby. You like, have, you have the, the most beautiful child smoking. in the world. She you have the smoking. most beautiful child in the world. You have white LeBron. Yeah. You have yeah. the younger fourth wife. Yes. I mean, it just makes for an awesome Christmas card. <laughs> yeah, but I want them to it's... be doing bad things, right? Like everyone's not looking at each other. There's, I just, I hate Christmas cards. You have cards. Bane. I don't give Bane enough Bane. lot. You're, Bane you're, is so good. Your Bane, oldest son looks like Bane. I got home last night. I was, I was late doing this uh, Twitter spaces with Jerry from uh, Succession, uh, Jay. Smith Cameron, who was wonderful, by the way, um, and he was cooking. You met Jerry? Yeah, last night. It was like 2,000 people Ugh, on Twitter. She's incredible. Yeah, I'm going to get her to come to Pivot. How's that? How's she's that? She's great. I love that, Jerry. I love Jerry. I'm going to have That's Jerry my on. favorite relationship in the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, she's wonderful. She's a, she's an amazing actress. And, uh, just what else really has she been in? I will watch She's been in a lot of Broadway to... stuff, a lot of theater in New York, right. not just Broadway, but all over New York. She's very well Oh, we got to roll with Jerry. Yeah, Can you get Jerry to come out with us? She and I have been texting this entire show. Anyway, um, she, I got home. I rolled home really? and Louie was cooking. Did, in did she t- send a dick pic? Wait, what's no. going on here? <laughs> no, we talked about that. You can listen to it on, on Twitter. Um, Louis was cooking an By entire By the way, you're trout. haunting me. I'm an so- entire I'm sorry. trout. Go ahead, I'm sorry try. to interrupt you again, but yeah. if I interrupt you seven million more times, okay. we'll be even. But okay. I <laughs> yeah. literally, I watched Succession and I'm like, that was fantastic. I'm ready to go to bed. Yeah. And then all of, the, all of a sudden I see... Fucking join us after hours with Kara Swisher. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, leave me alone. Leave me alone. You should have listened. It was Jerry. It was Jerry. And Comfrey. Comfrey was watching. I just shut off when I I, I literally am like, I like. I'm like, God, that was amazing. I'm trying to process it all. I'm like, for more, for more, go to our <laughs> podcast with care. I'm like, oh, God, God. <laughs> I'm everywhere. She's a, to resist is futile. Oh, don't be a mendacious fuck and just be happy there for me. MF. Any, MF. Um, MF. Uh, I like that. I'm going to use that term now. Okay, Scott, one more prediction from a friend of Pivot. I think you have a very special connection to this guest. Let's listen. Who's that? Hey, Kara and Scott, George Hahn here, one-time co-host of Pivot and Scott's future ex-mistress. Listen, my prediction, the 2008 Pixar movie WALL-E will continue to look less like an animated sci-fi fantasy and more like a documentary. The film depicts a time when fossil fuels and the greed from the profits continue to fuck up this planet so badly that it can barely sustain life. A time when we've overconsumed and generated so much waste on land, in oceans, and even in space that we've run out of places to put the trash. A time when human interaction and social skills have atrophied to the point where people live in their devices and have lost the ability to have any real intimacy. Metaverse, anyone? And speaking of atrophy, the humans in the movie glide around in floating barca loungers with no physical activity, constantly slurping from sippy cups while squeezed into yoga pants and adult-sized stretch onesies. But that's not the future, kids! That's now! But, as the movie portends, I believe there is hope, as long as there is a will to be better than this. That is my prediction for 2022 and beyond. Oh, your ex mistress. Your ex mistress is wise. Your ex mistress. Oh, is wise. there's there's every reason but one that mm-hmm. I would like to be in a relationship like that with George Hahn. 
Um, <laughs> I, uh, by the way, I owe you, uh, and of course, I'm writing this back to me. First, I, I think George Hahn is a gift. I absolutely love him. I don't know if you walk, watch yeah, his, he is. It's a delight. his things on Twitter where he takes walks. Yeah. Um, I think he's fan, or when he's shaving in the morning. Yeah, he's a delight. Uh, but I owe you, I owe you thanks. I have become friends with George Hahn because mm-hmm. of you. So I got a friendship mm-hmm. out of this. Good. Well, and um, I think I'm about to come friends with Preet. Preet. Oh. I was on his podcast and I like him. Were you? See, I he told and I are, you. are going to get together socially. Oh, yeah. We're going to get together oh, yeah. socially. You're both tall men. You were very tall. At, uh, Preet's tall. I, I saw that at Code. Yeah, I saw yeah. a little spark between you, a little spark when you yeah, met in I like person. I him a lot. I, I think like you're intrigued with each other. You sort of But Jihan, he and I he and I have become friends. And I think George Han is a really interesting kind of cultural voice. I he wonder is. how it's gonna my prediction is in twenty twenty two is that George Han you hear more about and from because Why I don't think you get him a show be, on CNN Plue since you're over well, there. Well he's gonna be you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna what? have a segment called George Walks the Dog and we're gonna do his walks. <laughs> I'm I'm not serious. I'm hundred percent serious should. here. And I'm just you gonna should. ask him questions and get his Get his responses, and of course, I'll weigh in because I got to turn everything back to me. You need to make him a star. That's what you need to do. He's well, a star. Well, that's one of my predictions. I think Jihan, I think 2022 is a big mm. year for... Mm. Well, I like this. Let's focus on his prediction, which I think he's right. It's it's uh, You do start to feel like you got to put some pants on and get outside and start being nicer to people. I think both Stephanie and George are correct in that way. I, I had a thing today where I was... I was dri- I drove the golden child to school, um, and then I was coming back, and someone was being a real dick on the road. And I usually like chase them. Essentially, and you pull your gun out of your glove box. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and you know what I did? I didn't. I slowed down, and I just was like, "Serenity now." I don't know. I don't know what got me, but I was like, "Serenity now." I I give them a, a friendly honk of the horn. I go beep beep, and I wave at them, and I no, smile I just, like they I, like I I'm never the, do like that. I think they're my friend. Hey, hi. That's that, and that really yeah. pisses them off. I, I, hey. I'm not going to change for life, but it was really interesting. And you know, now of course, when when Amanda goes, "What does mom say in the mom?" Meaning me, mama say in the car, and it's go go go, go go go, <laughs> go, go, go go go. Which I'm always because people are slow. But, but c- was, circling back to George Hans' prediction, yeah. by the way, have you seen Wally? Yes, many years ago, fantastic movie. It's a wonderful film, worth it's seeing a again. Wonderful film. Yeah, let's yeah. not do that. Let's not become that. It was a beautiful yeah, film. Agreed. It was a poignant film. I think it's it got a lot of attention at the time, but it's underrated in terms of you know. I saw there was a there's a new Buzz Lightyear coming and stuff like that from Pixar, but that was a that was a hell of a movie. That was a hell of a movie. Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, yeah, Buzz Lightyear. There's a new movie. There's a new. I forget what it's Infinity and Beyond. I don't know. Anyway, it looks good. Pixar always does great movies. Okay, Scott. One more quick break. We'll be back to give our own predictions for 2022. Support for the show comes from Fiverr, the world's largest marketplace for freelance services. In the fast-paced world of business, every decision counts. And when it comes to hiring, there's no room for guesswork. That's why Fiverr has developed solutions for business to make outsourcing projects simple, quick, and compliant. You can gain access to curated talent through Fiverr Pro's catalog of top freelancers organized by skills and experience. Plus, you can streamline your projects with a user-friendly dashboard where you can track progress and collaborate with your team. Fiverr Pro is perfect for businesses that want to work with top talent for immediate or long-term needs. And for anyone needing the highest level of white glove service, Fiverr Pro's project partners can manage multiple freelancer engagements for you. Project partners will outline requirements, assemble a roster of freelancers, and manage a schedule to ensure your deliverables are completed on time, allowing you to flex your budget without any headcount constraints. Ready to scale smarter? Visit pro.fiverr.com to sign up and use code 
pivot for 15% off any service. That's pro.fiverr.com and use code pivot. Wow, that guy means business. Just an amazing player. No, not him, the sports photographer behind him. Uh, what? He has a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where he earns 5% annual percentage yield, so he's scoring big on and off the field. You might even say he's the MVB. MVB? The most valuable business. Making your money work harder. That's how you business differently. Intuit QuickBooks. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes are in APY. APY can change at any time. Okay, Scott, we're back. Time to give our own predictions for 2022. Why don't you start? Uh, well, I'm doing my, my predictions event hasn't happened. It's been rescheduled for the first week in January, so I don't want to. I don't want to like steal my thunder. I've got a bunch Tip of one them. that you um, could br- pull out. One nugget. One nugget. Um, Just one. Well, I think. I, I think. I mean, a few of them. Discovery Plus, as imagined, will be broken up in its first or first year. It's not going to survive as an independent company. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a, a a lot of focus on. Um, Chinese stocks, uh, for better or for worse, but they have been they have been hurt so badly. I think the EV market cap of uh, Lucid, Rivian, and Tesla is going to get cut in half. I think I said that last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the short opportunity of the century is DWAC. I think it is comical that Trump and Nunes are going to try and run a tech company. I think that's literally yeah. hilarious. Uh, so I, I've got a you know. Uh, uh, a bunch of stuff uh, that I think is going to, a bunch of predictions around tech and stocks, uh, which I always get shit for deservedly. And, you know, my usual stuff, Twitter will be acquired, all that good stuff. Anyways. All right. I'm not having any more children this year. That you know of. That's when you usually get pregnant with twins. Oh, wait, how does that even happen? It doesn't. (laughs) It doesn't. I've done. You should have more kids. I predict your television show is going to be a huge hit or not. Go on. (laughs) Go on. Or a flaming disaster, which is always good, too. Look at me. I can't stop smiling. Yeah. I can't stop smiling. It's the one medium I have not figured out as TV. I am going to move into television in 2022. Kara's going to move into television. I can't say how, but I'm going to. That's my prediction. By the way, we're co-hosts. They're just not paying you. Free. No, I'm not. Not unless you pay me. I predict our pivot Miami is going to be wonderful. Uh, I think it's people be awesome. should. February, uh, February. By the way, I heard we have more applicants than we have seats. We do. That's right. We do. We do. We're vetting people. So we get I to be editors. We get to yes. decide. I think it's. I think it's one thing. I think we invite Preet, mm-hmm. George Hahn, Aswat Damodaran, and then just hot people. Okay. That is my criteria. Just right. ridiculously we hot people. We are going to invite a lot of people, and it's going to be really fun. We're going for, you know, illumination. I think we're going to go for illumination and a lot of fun. Illuminati. It's going to be a lot Illuminati. of fun. And I, you have a lot of fans in Miami. My friend who is a big caterer down there is so excited to meet you. They're very excited. Really? That's nice. Yeah, she's great. Is that a true uh, story? I need the reaffirmation. Yes, is that yes, a true yes, story? Yes, yes, She called yeah. me from her, 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 uh, That's nice. her uh, beautiful Miami condo or whatever the other day. And she's like, that's what's great. new? And I go, oh, I had a baby. She's like, what? That's, that's people in Florida. And then I gave her, asked her for some Florida advice. And she gave some good stuff about uh, doing events down there and stuff like that. Anyway, it's going to be great. I predict our our... I think, and there's a lot going to go on this this year in terms of stuff we're going to be making. I think, correct, correct. Another oh, we're going to have a coin that gives you the coin. right to our EV vehicle. That's right. 
<laughs> the erecto vehicle. Erecto dysfunction eye. Oh, my God. And free Chipotle to you for that. And it'll be year. worth more than Fiat Chrysler uh, on the first God. day of trade. No, it won't. Anyway, yeah. Scott. Can that... anger fuel a car? <laughs> <laughs> if it can. <laughs> I can save the climate. It's Climate true. change over. No. We found no, a way to it, channel you know, if we could anger do that, and depression. We would, climate change would be over. Anyway, oh, Scott, yeah. that's the show. This is a very long show. Thank you all for oh, sticking with us. Oh, nuclear is going to be big. What? Okay. Uh, all right. Okay. More. Stop. Nuclear's going to be big in 2022. Save it for your show. It's going to be all big. Right. Okay. Nuclear's going to be big. Thank you to all our friends of Pivot for sending your predictions. They were all terrific. Uh, as I said, I'm excited to that announce our good, event. Pivot MIA is now accepting more applications to attend. You don't want to miss this. Visit nymag.com slash pivot MIA to apply. And don't forget to check our Twitter feed for the latest updates. In coming mm-hmm. weeks, we'll have lots of great episodes in the feed for you, including a look back at the biggest stories of 2021, some of our favorite moments from the podcast, and the end-of-year listener mailbag episode. So stay tuned, and we'll see you in the new year. Okay, Scott, read us out until 2022. Today's show was produced by Lara Naiman, Evan Engel, and Taylor Griffin. Thanks also to Drew Burrows and Neil Silverio. Ernie Ingetot engineered this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify or, frankly, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back next Tuesday for another breakdown of all things tech and business. 